Hello, welcome back to Give Space Podcast, the place where we explore what it means to be a work in progress. How the heck are you? How are those projects you've been working on? How are those things you've been thinking about? What's up? I am meeting you at 9am with my matcha latte, just sitting in the sunshine in my room, feeling happy, genuinely, actually, I want to say joyful because it's not even about a state of happiness by proxy. It's just joy because I have been actively participating in allowing myself to connect with my purpose this week and connect with the thing that makes me the happiest. And that is facilitating community and connecting with all of you and talking about the pod in a more serious way, talking about what I'm doing here as more than just, oh, I wanted to do this. Not that there's any shame in that, but I want to create this into something bigger. I want to have, I want to have a community. That is what this is about. And I want to have that community because I want you to have that community because I feel like in the online space right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there is just such a lack of a writer's community. Like we're so siloed. And I had this huge realization this week that I wanna start a writer's workshop, an online writer's workshop. And I'm so excited about that because it's been such a process of feeling so lost and confused and unsure about what to do with my degree. how to make a living as a creative writer, as a poet. And I've just been confused. But I, I've i never been like, okay, I need to be done being confused. Like, I knew that I needed to feel uncomfortable to find my way. Because if you don't go through the discomfort, you can't know what lies on the other side. And the moment that this dawned on me that I was like, damn, I think people would be interested in attending a writer's conference or a writer's workshop through an online space and connecting with a worldwide network of other writers who are also trying to do similar things as them. I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be facilitating the space. And so I am going to be working on that for the next month and I'm going to get it up and running and it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited I'm trying to pursue this with everything inside of me. So if you dig that idea, please reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts. Another thing that happened this week is I set up a private community page for the pod on Facebook. The link is in at Give Space Podcast on Instagram. So you can go ahead and join through there. That will be a fun, free resource for us to all connect, come together, talk about what's on our minds, self-promote, talk about the podcast episodes, any and all thoughts, except I will not be doing the competitive vibes in there. We will only have supportive, loving, constructive conversations. So those are the updates. That is how I am. How are you? Go to the private page and tell me how the heck you are. And I'm going to introduce our guest for today. Her name is Ciara and she is everything. She is a writer. She is a photographer. 
she is an artist. She's like a multimedia artist in all sense of the word. So we, I, I met her through Instagram and she actually reached out to me and was like, I want to photograph you. And then I reached out to her and said, I want to interview you. I love the way she thinks. I love how she holds space. I love how she questions the world around her and shares those thoughts in such an articulate, flowing way. She is going to be sharing a poem with us that she has never shared on an online space before. So I'm so excited for you to hear that. And I'm very excited for you to listen to this conversation because it's really important to hold space for it and listen to it and question it. And if you have any thoughts surrounding this conversation, please head over to the community page, go over to my Instagram, send me a DM, reach out, let me know what you think. Reach out to Ciara, let her know what you think. This is an ongoing conversation. This is not where this ends. And I'm very excited. So without further ado, please enjoy. Hello. Hi, Sierra. Hi. How are you doing? (laughs) I am doing well. Um, When you said hello, I thought it was me saying hello, but it's not, apparently. I'm new to technology. (laughs) Things are happening. Maybe our voices have merged together to be one voice. I I think so. Your voice sounds like you're in the same room with me, which is kind of freaking me out because, (laughs) like, the quality is almost too good. It's too good. It's freaking me out. Yeah, I feel that. But like, that's where we're at these days. This is the closest we can get to hanging out with people who inspire us. Like if this wasn't if if the global pandemic wasn't going on, like we would have already hung out. I already know that. This is true. This is very true. We would have made a lot of content, a lot of dance parties. (laughs) Just two people riding on the beach. Aesthetic. Stop it. Stop (laughs) I think that I think that we would have definitely taken some type of photos because oh, for you're sure. just so insanely talented that it blows my fucking mind. Like every Thank time you. I see you put a project out, I'm just like, how can she oh, she outdo herself every time? And you just keep right. doing it. Like every not to put this insane pressure on you, of course, because like let it be, let it flow. But like, <laughs> really, you you are so insanely talented and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. I am excited to get back into photography because last year I didn't get to touch my camera. And then when I was on set and I brought out a camera, I couldn't. I was, I was told to put it away. So I haven't been able mm. to shoot much. And that definitely sucks. But it's also coupled with this feeling of immense unmotivation right now yeah if that's even the proper way of saying it it's just the lack of motivation is just real it's so real and it's very um I don't know there's no way of describing it honestly a lot of people are feeling it and I think it's the sort of weight of understanding that there is proper uncertainty and when we Mm -hmm. would be able to live freely and thoroughly again absolutely I mean, I just got to get back creative in some way. So I'm hoping in the coming months I plan some shoots and get back into at least that. Because that can still be done with, within COVID protocol, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, oh, uh, for, for sure. I mean, also, I, too, like, you got to work, you know? You gotta yeah, do exactly. You got to do. Exactly. 
I'm not getting Everyone any is. younger. <laughs> I literally feel like every day I age a thousand years. I don't know mm. why. I don't know why True. I felt that lately. I just feel like I get on my yoga mat and I roll out and I'm like, my body hurts. I'm oh, confused. my body hurts so bad. What's going on? <laughs> my sternum. Yeah. My shoulder blades, all of it, all of it is jacked. Everything's popping and locking every single time I move. It's like a hip yep. bone, femur, all of it is just, <laughs> it's, it's like I was tossed in a, um, what are those things called? The blenders that everyone loves. The ninjas. Nutribullet. Yeah, yeah. Nutribullet. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. It, feel, it feels like I've been tossed into a Nutribullet with Low no proper though. nutrients. I would love to be tossed into a Nutribullet right now on the flip side of that because then I would be a fluid and I feel like I'd be so Whoa. much more able to just like flow through my day. Maybe. I feel, I feel like resistance <laughs> to being a solid lately. Like I wish I was just Whoa. a liquid. See, this is this is big brain, big brain thoughts <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> like that comment just made me feel like I was high. It really did. Wait, for wow. sure. I mean, that's kind of how I felt the last time we talked when we were on the phone. I got off and I was like, I feel high in the best way possible right now. Like we had that's such fantastic. a good, expansive conversation where I literally True. just listened to you talk to me about the beautiful thoughts on your mind. And I left that conversation being like, I'm so much more enriched by having that conversation. Like <laughs> I feel so much, I feel charged right now. Ooh, I love that. Charged is yes. a great word. Yes. It's that's what I miss most about experiences that we're we're all really missing out on right now is mm-hmm. that feeling of I mean I that's what really made me realize that I might actually be much more of an uh, extrovert than I yeah. previously thought because I get so much of my energy from people and from watching mm-hmm. people live and laugh and dance and have fun and I realized that that is such a major portion of what makes me feel high what makes me feel like I'm flying and what makes me want to live more yeah and charged is such a great way of of describing that yeah I mean okay before I ask you questions I just want to ask you to introduce yourself tell us who you are tell us what tell us whatever you feel called to in this moment (laughs) uh my name is Ciara I am a avid Missy Elliott dancer and uh player Mm. And I'm an artist. I'm a writer. I am a lover. I'm a filler. And I'm here to drop some knowledge and share some. True. Share one of my poems. Oh, my pronouns are they, she. And I am very excited to read this poem. I am seen as black before I'm seen as queer. I cannot control the perception my skin tone rings, nor the debates of the right wing. For I am an enigma ticking in three, an explosion of kindness, liberty, and the yearning to be free. This country hates that I breathe, but I can and will breathe. I've always loved too hard and given my love to the undeserving. It makes me wonder if this was a defensive mechanism to living in a world that will always shun me regardless of the amount of love I pour out to others. It's taught me that you cannot love people into loving you. I think of all the little black boys and black girls who grew up being teased for their hair and their heritage. A heritage not many know due to the kidnapping of our ancestors, tearing into the diaspora and feeling of displacement, I can never find a home. 
for home is so far distant that if I were to visit, I still wouldn't be able to recognize my own land. I was birthed into a world that has thrown people like me around without remorse, without care, without reparation, without attention, without compassion, leaving all of us to feel as though we cannot trust our neighbor, that we can't walk in peace, that we can't travel anywhere without careful consideration of whether or not they have an issue with darker skin, that we cannot raise our voice without being a stereotype, that we cannot have fun in public without the police being called on us as an attempt to silence our ethnic noise. This isn't a simple call, but rather a violent hotline for the elite. I remember one of the first times my family had an interaction with the police when I was nine. As we were traveling up the roads in Alabama, the low-hanging Confederate flag slapped our brown skin in the wind and reminded us that this is not where we belong. Their eyes grew intense, the air grew frigid, despite the humid, thick layer of sun outside. I see the blue and the red. Red being a threatening color. It's triggering, it's aggressive. Blue is often a color of serenity. And I beg the question of why these two are often paired together when more often than not, the police cause a presence of terror and quite rarely a presence of protection. He asked my mother to step out of the car. My anxiety raised up like a ride at a fair. I did not know why. I did not know why this cop was being aggressive towards my mother. I did not know why his soul did nothing to stop the madness. I did not know why he pulled her over because he did not know why. I did not know why I felt terrified of the people we have always been told to trust with our lives before even understanding the systemic way it was organized. Trust them with your life and call them in times of despair to be possibly met with a timely demise and the painful removal of trust. I still don't know why. I still don't know why the color of my skin makes people angry and murderous. I still don't know why the same people who pulled on and made comments about my hair suddenly praise me for it now. I still don't know why there are tanning salons when there are cultures who bleach the brown children because they think they are impure. I still don't know why everyone wants to be black until it's time to fucking be black. I still don't know why I will be asking these same questions for years to come. Because it spans the globe. Darker skin is feared everywhere. But there is power in this controversial skin. The skin made of honey in the sun, the skin made of warriors and royalty, the skin made of protection and light, the skin of the father and the mother, the skin of the original creator, the skin of nature, the skin of rebirth and reset, the skin of love, the skin of strength, the skin of power, the skin of resiliency. They made me hate me. They made me hate my skin. They made me hate my hair. They made me hate my thick thighs and they made me forget I was born of the sunrise for I am beautiful in every way and every letter of the word. I used to walk with my head down, wished to be different or what I thought was better. But really it was whatever I thought would help keep me alive. But the moment I realized that we were the origin, I would never let another motherfucker take me down because you wouldn't even be here if it weren't for people like me. That is the end. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know I know why you feel like that's 
that's it for you. Like that's one of the best pieces. I don't want to misquote you because you weren't recording when we were talking about this, but I understand why you feel the way you do about that piece because it's it's so good. It's so incredible. Thank you. I feel I feel chills when I read it and I it's so mm. it's so hard to talk about it because I don't want to seem egotistical, but I think it is just yeah. so it feels very much to me like something that I would have read in times that were before me um Mm. which is really nice it feels very timeless and Mm. I still feel in my core the emotion that I felt when I was writing it I feel it even more now and I think that's because it's finally being shared and sort of Mm. heard on different ears um but I think the number one reason why I believe it's my best piece thus far is because there was absolutely no need or want for approval or validation or oh I wonder how people are going to feel about this I was thinking of no one I was completely just thinking about me and calling back to memories that I had experienced and it was more so a documentation and almost like a journal entry than it was a piece Hmm. meant to be um, shared necessarily yeah Um, even though originally it was supposed to be written for something I was going to be speaking on on July 4th 2020 but I felt it wasn't I felt it wasn't ready and I also hadn't spoken in public poetry wise since maybe 2016 yeah Um, and that's a a completely different vulnerability than just speaking in in any sort of group setting which I've done many times and I love doing that I have no issues speaking in front of a crowd of thousands of people but poetry and personal writing and writing in general that's a completely different beast to for um, sure put yourself on the spot for, for sure because it's such a raw and vulnerable part of you you know mm-hmm. it's, it is you in a way exactly I feel it's similar to songwriting in a sense because mm. the judgment that people can have on something that you've been working on that's really just an intense part of your soul for someone to be like "Eh, I didn't really like that or for someone to go "Mm, yeah you need to work on your writing it's okay well it wasn't really my writing it wasn't the point at all it was actually the message it was the story it was the heart um yes behind it which a lot of people tend to forget that there people work on stuff for years and even if they haven't they still deserve so much more respect in terms of um the amount of strength it takes to create and then the further being to share it. Yeah. You're so right. You're so right. I have a question for you. Like, what does it feel like for you when someone says that they like that piece? What does that, what does that feel like in your body when someone says, Oh, this is good. That they're seeing me. I don't think that I should be happy with acceptance because that is stemming from some level of validation. And I mean, it's fine to to feel validated, but um, not in the sense of I don't think that this is good unless someone tells me it's good. For sure. So for this piece, I know it's good because it's purely from my heart and for my heart. So I could give a fuck about what anyone else thinks or says. It's just an addition yeah. if someone likes it. Um, yeah. So 
when you, you know, when you say that you like it, it definitely feels like I'm being seen and almost held in a way, you know, because mm-hmm. it is a very yeah. personal piece. It's a very yeah. striking piece. There's a lot of um, visceral imagery, imagery within it. Oh, yeah. Um, so it feels nice to be received in a way that makes you feel safe and held. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. I'm, I'm so grateful and I'm, I'm just, I'm holding it so close, holding you. you so close to my heart right now. Thank because you. Because it's just, it's so intimate, like you're saying, like storytelling, especially that poem specifically. And what was your writing process like for this? Like what did you sit down and write it all at once? Did mm-hmm. you kind of pick away at it? Like how did it come to be what it is right now? The pieces that I, this one in combination with the one that's on my Instagram um, came after everything that was happening originally with Ahmaud Aubrey and then mm-hmm. moving into George Floyd. But so I was having all of that in my mind and I was also having this sudden hyper visibility about being black and what blackness is and what it could be and what it means for different people and how people view that. So mm-hmm. I think I was kind of being spun around by all of these different people sort of putting their input and and watching people on live TV debate your life is a mm-hmm. very jarring um sort of experience that I don't wish on anyone because yes. the fact that I mean regardless of people's thoughts on Black Lives Matter it's the fact that people were talking about it on the news as if Black people were objects and that yep. people could openly disagree with someone's right to live on national yes. television on a normal yes. Tuesday afternoon and I was just having to hear that and be hyper aware, hyper aware of the fact that some people don't want me alive so I was talking with my friend Jesse and, and he had shared a piece with me that was sort of talking about these similar things, talking about blackness, et cetera, and the strength of black parents in particular black mothers. So I started to think back on my own experiences because I was born in LA, but I was raised, raised in Georgia. So mm-hmm. thinking about how, but also moved back here um when I was 13 so having sort of a split which play sort of affected me in my development yes um which was interesting so I was thinking of all these different things having this mix of anger and confusion and um feeling very unsettled and I just went to my backyard and listened to the piece that he sent me and then sat there on my phone and just wrote and went ham I think it was maybe I can't remember exactly but I know I didn't write one piece of it and then go back later I wrote it all in one sitting so it generally probably had to be between I would say maybe 30 minutes damn yeah you wrote that piece and you are wow (laughs) it had to be because I didn't I didn't edit it I wrote it straight through Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't go back and rephrase anything. I just tweaked up whenever I misspelled something or because I was trying not to focus on that. But it was yeah. a 100% stream of conscious, just pure going um, straight forward. And I think it was because I just felt what could be the piece that represents me best 
um, and that shows me best and that sees me best that I can release to people. I sort of my introduction to my writing and to me. So yeah. it, it just flew out of me. And I think I was out there for maybe an hour and I recorded myself um, speaking it. And yeah, it went to him. And I think that's it. I think only one person, one other person in the world, um, maybe my friend Amara as well, has has heard this until now, which yeah. is kind of really nice. And usually I am definitely one to share in some form or capacity. But I did understand that with this piece in particular, I really didn't want to just post a text to Instagram because it felt too precious to just put it on there for it to possibly get no engagement or whatever. I think I need to spend time with understanding that I don't really care what the yeah reception is of it, that it's more for so sure. about um, making sure that I feel safe and whenever I want to share it, which is why I'm thankful that I'm doing it here because you are such a lovely person who is creating that space and that's exciting yeah. instead of me just... Yeah doing it somewhere for someone that's like that's great anyways so black people uh black people want to <laughs> yeah no for sure for sure I mean I take this space so seriously in that I know that I am who I am I occupy white skin but like it is my fucking duty as someone in this position of power to shut the fuck up mm. and mm-hmm. to hold space for you to explore and tell me your experience. And that's why I told you, like, how do you want to go about reading this poem? Do you want me to ask questions? Do you want to, like, because I mm. want you to own your narrative. I want you to be mm-hmm. in, the, in the spotlight. Like, this is this is literally what the podcast is called, Give Space. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I, I work so hard and, and hope that, that you do feel that genuinely because it's so important. It's so important. I do. And it is something that's really important for a couple of years now. And sadly, COVID sort of threw me off the loop with it. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed Mm -hmm. I was just talking to someone the other day about this. I've noticed that there has been a thread line and these future projects that I want to put out um, that all have to do with sort of the state of vulnerability. And I've been wanting to provide space for other people. It's something that I love doing all the time is just Mm -hmm. letting people let go let go and relax into themselves and people are very grateful because of that and say that I'm good with that good at just laying Mm -hmm. it out you know being there and feeling the support emotionally or physically and yeah just letting people breathe and I I know that comes from growing up feeling very constricted for a number of reasons so I don't want anyone to feel that um yeah so then that turned into what I just do in my personal life but then now I realize oh okay I should be putting out art as well um Mm -hmm. probably maybe some sort of exhibition or installation film wise um I think it's gonna be multimedia I'm, I'm saying this now to hold myself accountable to it so that it doesn't just this idea just disappears but something that deals with writing video music um photo all the things in common dance all the things that Mm -hmm. I love um, combined together to Mm -hmm. sort of 
create this space, which is why I want it to mm-hmm. be an exhibition eventually, where people can literally sit down and listen to someone else's story, listen to someone else speak, and either return the favor or just carry that with them. So I For wanted sure. to document people between the hours of 12 and 3 a.m possibly later oh wow when your all your biological responses are very dim <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. let them just sort of ramble about anything they yeah. want and not necessarily yeah. direct the conversation unless it's something that we've we have agreed on um mm-hmm. but just set up a camera or set up a mic and have the con- basically like how we we talked last time just have whatever yeah. They feel they need to get off their chest. Just let it go and release it. Yeah. And document that process. So I love that you have this title for this and that you're doing that in the way that you can. Yeah. I mean, we can only, we can only try our best, Mm -hmm. right. To just, to just do what it is we're called to do. And it's very interesting that you're talking about wanting to, first of all, I, I back you so hard. I feel like you are such a multimedia queen in that you can, at every medium that I see you explore, I'm like, you're a master at that medium, but you're just good at all of these mediums at the same time. <laughs> Thank you. So like, hell yes, love that, would love to help support you in any way possible. And also, it's interesting that you're talking about wanting to document people from 12 to 3 a.m. because the the first time we talked, one of the subjects we really related to was creating your art for your audience mm-hmm. and what it's like to self-edit. And I feel like self-editing is such a daytime activity. Like we're so conscious of ourselves Mm -hmm. and conscious of like the identities that we have, whether whether we're on an online space or even in a physical space. And I just wanted to to ask you to speak on that. Like what what is your relationship with self-editing and like how does that even contribute to like the piece that you just shared? Like what's what has been your journey with that? What does it feel like for you? I definitely, so I think we talked a little bit about how um, some of the most beautiful conversations happen around a campfire or whenever Mm -hmm. it's nighttime, it's nightfall between strangers, between friends, between lovers, etc. Where there's just such a pure, people are tired. (laughs) So they're not thinking, oh, I need to edit myself or, oh, I need to sit this way or I need to speak this way because their body, you know, that that wall is down. So it just mm-hmm. comes to whatever. It's sort of the same way. Um, I don't know if you've ever felt this. I'm sure you have. But if you are at the beach, I find when you're looking at the ocean, that's totally when your mind goes straight to whatever it is that you need to share. Um, and whatever mm. it is that you need to release, I always feel an immense call to say something or something is in the back of my mind. You know, it's either a person you think about or something that's been in the back of your mind, but is not being brought to the front. It's something about totally looking and being completely mm, maybe noticing something that's much larger than you that sort of puts things yes. in perspective. It's crazy that you're saying that because I wrote my first or my second book. A poetry is literally like the, the the cover is water I wrote mm. the entire book by water mm. not even kidding you like mm-hmm. the poems are derived from the that feeling of fluidity and that freedom I feel and I 
love that you're talking about how we feel like a release when we're by water because the subject matter that I was dealing with was so deeply repressed that Mm. I I didn't even put that two into connection together right now so I love that even when you just said that it reminded me of the gravitational pull that is the ocean Mm. you know Yes. Um, so yes. I'm sure our bodies, they're probably, maybe I should Google this. I'm sure there's probably something going on in between our bodies and the waves and the moon and the planets and everything combined that are yeah. creating these feelings, you know, that I sort of totally. caught on to. I love that you totally. wrote by water. That's a beautiful idea. I love that. Yeah. Um, it just like, kind of happened, you know, these things just happen. We feel called to them right. and they just, they go. Right. Yeah. And you just got to ask yourself sometimes, hmm, why is this happening? Why am I being called to that? Yeah. That's the, those are some of my favorite discoveries. When you're being called to something, something just keeps flaring up and you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take time to look at this and see what's, what message is coming through. What is, what is something sure. trying to say to me right now that I need to focus mm-hmm. on? Cause if you don't focus mm-hmm. on it, life will throw it at you for sure. For sure. Yeah. You just, you're taking a little nap and you have a dream about something wild. You go, oh, okay. So I need to heal whatever happened to me at seven. Okay. Yeah. Didn't understand that. Didn't know. But your subconscious (laughs) was like, bitch, I knew. Yeah. I'm going to help you out. (laughs) Your subconscious always will know. Yeah. Your Your subconscious subconscious will always just come in. Be on one for sure. It's it's real. And that's like, that's the thing though. That's what like relates to much so much this concept of self-editing and these gravitational pulls that we're talking about like the the water and the moon is that your subconscious breaks through Mm -hmm. during the during those times like absolutely that is I feel like I've written pieces before and it wasn't me like I was channeling something beyond my comprehension Mm. but even talk about it sometimes I'm like I don't even know how to put this in words because I was at such a flow with the elements when this came out of me right. that I, I don't, I don't even know how to conceptualize it myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do have a, a very deep connection with water. My mom used to call me a water baby because all the time I'd want to be swimming. Um, mm-hmm. And I love water. I, I, I drink I mean, there is such a thing as drinking too much water. Luckily, I don't do that to the point of drowning my liver. Yeah. <laughs> but I do love water so much. I feel so energized and recharged. So this conversation is giving me more of a, hmm, I should be maybe seeing what happens when I create near water. But in relation to self-editing, oof. In some ways, it is something that you have to be hyper aware of, but if you're on any form of social media or really just existing in this time now where your every step is being surveyed, mm. it's very difficult to recognize sort of the danger in self-editing that can occur. Now, on the flip mm. side, it is a blessing in disguise because of social media and because of the internet sometimes. I mean, you see all the tweets that happen when celebs get caught saying the N-word or saying something crazy. For sure. They'll pull it up from 2008 and you're... I know I know the celebs are sitting there like, God damn, like what? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know that anybody would ever even try to dig this deep. So, yep. There, it's difficult because there are definitely some things, some pieces of uh, work that people have made that are so incredibly offensive and so outdated and all the different things, but it's kind of, I do find, I mean, as long as you're not being offensive, as long as you're not ignorant, you're not a bigot, et cetera. But the people who really tap into creating for them, um, 
mm-hmm. have such a unique, beautiful, crystal clear sense of um, their purpose and what they should be creating. And the I think it's really once you step out of doing anything, anything at all for other people to appease other people, mm-hmm. which I'm still mm-hmm. working through, which the majority of the world is still working through because we grow up yeah. being conditioned to do things for other people, to please other people. So art and specific, knowing that if you want it to be your job, knowing that if you want to have eyes on something in some way or form, you're going to have to reach that battle of realizing, okay, am I going to do this because I want validation or am I going to do this because this is what gives me life, which is totally, it's a very rough battle, especially when you do want to make money off of your art too because then it's hard to you want to of course put out stuff that you know will get more traction but in that same vein not everything that will get traction is something that actually makes you feel good or feels like you um which is why a lot of people call artists sellouts um Mm. and it sucks so it's very difficult to not self-edit because you can lose job opportunities you can lose yourself I find the most recent thing that happened with that was this project I had got released and I have a bunch of people from all over the world following me now and very conservative parts of the world and Mm -hmm. that had put a lot of stress on me out of nowhere I was fine with gaining Mm -hmm. new followers because I thought okay great new engagement whatever because Instagram's algorithm is horrible for sure, for but sure. But I couldn't shake why I was feeling so um, unsettled by it. And I was talking to my friend, and she had said that it's probably because um, you recognize that these people aren't there for you. Mm, and yes. I was like, yeah, that's 100% what it is. It's now having too many eyes watching me who don't care about me, who aren't there for my work who aren't there to support me they're there because I used a Mm -hmm. phone in a project or they're there because they like tech and it's not people who are there to engage with me and people who are there to support me and see me off you know um feeling that difference is very difficult which is why I also had such a hard time figuring out whether or not I was actually even going to share a lot of my writing because I don't have a writing base I have a photo totally photo uh community of people that I've met and now tech industry people following me Mm -hmm. so if I post writing I need to make sure that I have a good enough base of people who understand writing who understand the power in writing um, and who would receive it well because I don't Mm -hmm. I really I would much rather keep writing to myself than post it knowing that people are just not going to receive it in the way it needs to be received. Not saying received, not saying that that means that they have to think it's good or give me a high five or whatever. It's more so that they have to be sensitive to the fact that this is one human sharing their art to a space out into the void. Just give me the decency of respect to receive it enough um, to understand that someone put their time and their effort and their heart um into that and courage into that yes that's all yes you know even if you yes. don't like it it's I, I I yeah I always dislike I mean it's sort of people have their opinions on this but it just sucks to see these writing accounts people who share their art and to see people criticize it below 
Um, yeah. And I understand that you, you, you put yourself in that position when you share it, but in the same vein, I wish people would understand that it is not easy to share yourself in general. And it's definitely not easy to share your art, which kind of goes hand in hand with the way art and media is consumed and digested or lack of digestion on absolutely social media. It, it makes me sad sometimes because I remember the Instagram community that was like five years ago, mm-hmm. the community that I felt open to share honestly everything right and maybe it's on me like I didn't have the best boundaries with that because I was 18 and I was figuring it out but I remember just sharing writing was so much more powerful Mm -hmm. and now it feels like sharing writing in a digital space is so anxiety inducing Mm -hmm. because there's so much performative bullshit out there there's so much noise in that app and it's it's literally just a byproduct of capitalism to sell whereas like writing is the opposite Mm -hmm. of that for me like it's just an emotional capsule it's a it's a picture of a moment through words and that is literally why I chose to write a book the first time because I was just like I, I feel so exhausted trying to squeeze my words into this like this square that could be digestible and also like maybe I don't feel comfortable delving into this subject matter because then this person who I knew in high school will see it and judge that experience it's like it's a whole fucking mind trip that like that you go through and I I just I feel you so hard and it's it's hard right now to just exist in those spaces 100% especially as like as a young artist uh-huh. like, we're just out here we have to get our money but at the same time like it doesn't feel right. safe a lot there's of the so many different things people yeah. people don't take your art seriously or work seriously because of the way you look because of your age um mm-hmm. i was just reading something this doesn't have this doesn't have to do with art on twitter the other day where someone said that their dad um helped a chinese man sell his car because when he tried to sell it people wouldn't buy it um but then mm. when their dad did who was white people were you know spewing offers left and right and I was just thinking about how that Mm. often comes with um putting yourself out there because people just suddenly want to look look under this lens of like oh you're a woman Mm, okay oh you're young Mm, okay and it sucks (laughs) it's people yeah really do change their entire opinions based off of um where the the voice is coming from Mm. and when yes I also think that it's a little bit of people I've seen some people say that there's too much there's too much media there's too much photo I mean there's too many photos there's too much of this too much of that um so the best has to win and um Mm, yes it's it's there's eight billion or whatever people on the planet you know there's only there is no limit to creating um and yeah. I find it so weird that people want to gatekeep every little, little thing um, instead of celebrating yeah. the fact that another new person has released something and discovered a portion of themselves that they want to share, you know? There's so much Absolutely. competition between everything, and it really, unfortunately, shouldn't be that way. Um, yeah. I feel people, I there's feel so much, people want to go so negative so fast instead of being very happy with knowing that 
there's endless amounts of people who are discovering that they love to write or discovering that they love to dance or discovering that they love to play guitar. It doesn't matter that um, more popular people exist or more uh, marketable people exist. It should be about the fact that it is very cool to discover yourself and to share yourself. Yeah. The, there needs to be more I, respect around that. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like that was really like a huge realization that I had last year was that I just realized that anything is really possible mm-hmm. like, <laughs> to go for anything to be bad, for anything to be good, for anything to be anywhere in the be- in between. Like anything is conceivable in this, in this life. And I just really wanted to put all of my attention and time into community because of that realization, right. because I saw so many people around me being like pursuing and and speaking and showing up and using their voice and so on and so forth. Like so many people around me. And I was like, I just want to com- contribute to this in a communal way because what do we, what are we, if we don't have each exactly. other? Like, what are we, if we are living in this world where there's only the best and that's what the algorithm rewards right. or there's only this like viral video that that we should watch or that we should care about when there's like tens and thousands of other people who are putting themselves out there in so many different ways that maybe they don't have the platform so to speak but that's a privilege Mm -hmm. you know being able to build that that platform is a privilege and yeah I just I feel like we need more people out there shouting out other people and caring about each other right in that community because that's how we win Mm -hmm. you know we win when we're together Mm -hmm we're stronger when we're together the internet but in um more of a selective regard this nation in particular um is so individualistic and so selfish Mm. and it's so me 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 and that is precisely why we are in such a destructive state um because people or just would so much rather focus on keeping their money, keeping their goods, keeping their health, keeping their da da da, um, and not realizing that we will not survive as a population unless we start to prioritize caring. <laughs> yes. Prioritize compassion, empathy. It's 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 so mind blowing to me, and 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 I'm so fortunate to have been born into this body for many reasons but the primary one being that being in a body that is very very hated for multiple different reasons it has definitely have just set me up to realize like oh all of this shit has to fall all of it has to fall I don't understand what are these rules everything's made up what are all these systems everything's made up (laughs) everything's fake and because of this there are people dying on the streets. There are people dying because of the way they look. There are people um, dying because governments don't care enough to give proper health care. And mm-hmm. it's really, really incredibly distressing to see and extremely unfortunate. And I do think, which is a little bit of what we talked about on the phone, that the new future is to band together and to really properly yes. band together Um Mutual aid, community wellness, um, mm-hmm. banding together again using that is very practical. If yeah. everyone understands that it is practical, I think people, I mean, and it's honestly also not our fault that being able to imagine a better future is something that a lot of people can no longer do. 
because of, yes. of all the hate and because of ugh, voting and it not going the way that you intended. Um, it, it discourages a lot of people, but it is extremely a practical reality um, for us all to really get to a state of abandoning these systems and abandoning these governments who yeah. are not doing what they need to do for their people because they're not working for us. They're working for them. Yes. And people always say absolutely. that, you know, they're here to serve us. They're here to do that. Okay. It's been multiple years, endless years. They have not done that. So, and for mm-hmm. anyone really. So yep. what are we going to do now? I yep. find it's people, it's an easy way out to go. Oh, life is always going to be this way. This is going to be this way. The world is evil, blah, 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 violence, greed, etc. Start questioning why you have gone to a point of accepting that violence and greed and the abuse of power and power imbalance and the lack of proper health care. All of this, why are you okay with that being a reality? And why are you okay with being okay with that? (laughs) You know? Yes. Um, People want to give up. And I understand that it's very tiring to have to fight all the time. It 100% is. It's much easier to just live and try to keep your little quiet life and keep going. But in, in that same way, it's you got to care about other people. If, you, if you're not going to do it for you, do it for other people. If you're not going to do it for other people, do it for the future. Do it for, you know, some something you gotta you gotta live for something you have to believe in something um it's very easy to become jaded it's very easy to be negative but that doesn't do anything it doesn't help anyone definitely doesn't help yourself at all it's just it's just you acting blind but it's going to catch up one day you know and to think about you getting older and, and looking back on your life and realizing that you didn't do at least one thing to help anyone other than yourself which, by the way, helps yourself. <laughs> um, yes, for sure. For it's, sure. you know, it's sort of like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I'm just letting, I'm just marinating in, in your thoughts because, you know, we're always so quick to jump at the next mm. question, but I'm just absorbing I'm just absorbing your We need your to vibe, absorb more your, your information. Yes, we do. We do. And I think a lot of the times too we don't we we always jump to this place when people are talking of oh they said this, I'm not doing this. I need to analyze myself. I need to fix myself in this moment. I need to make myself feel x y and z to fit into this conversation. Mm-hmm. I have something to add here. I have, I am validated by this intelligent thing that mm-hmm. I can say. And sometimes you just need to right. pause and absorb. Yep. And just surrender. Yes. To what surrender. is being said. That's the top, the yeah. top, top word people and surrender to yourself as mm-hmm. well. You know, um, there mm-hmm. is no need to rush. I mean, that's part of the society that we live in. Everything is is a quick, quick, quick type of thing. But change can't be made in one day. And um, also, I think people have to realize that you can't get shit done unless you fix your own stuff first. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't care enough about yourself to heal through your traumas, to work on your own self, you're not going to be able to help other people in any way. 
Yeah. Um, so a lot of people yeah. try to skip that step. And you cannot mm. have proper empathy or understanding of suffering if you have not analyzed and surrendered to your own self, you know, um, and surrendered yes. to understanding that you cannot get anywhere unless you dust yourself off, file through, fix it out, figure it out, you know. Um, yes. It's, it's so important. And it also just makes you, I mean, it, it's a grueling thing, which is why I understand a lot of people don't want to do it, don't want to work on themselves. Yeah. I mean, and it takes time as well. It's not an easy feat at all. I think people, and I'm in, I'm in the same way. It's sort of like when, when people want to focus on weight loss and they're, they wake up the next day after working out and don't notice anything, then they give up. It's a multiple, mm-hmm. yes. multi-day, multi-month journey, you know, um, into healing yourself into helping others into building a better future which is why people have to work on that building a future you know sort of remove yourself out of the element because a lot of the changes that you want now are not necessarily going to come now but what you do want to prevent is from them happening again in the future it's uh it's so much about ego like you're saying like taking that out of the of the trying your best because like we are we are fully embedded with ego and it's a daily practice for me to check mine in but taking that out of the scenario and trying our best to remind ourselves of who we are free from the shackles of pride and all the negative aspects that come with ego and just being Mm -hmm. open you know to be to learn and to be imperfect and to experiment with shutting up yeah. <laughs> yeah. like listening to the world mm-hmm. around you I, I just I don't know I just feel like that's so lacking in the world around me do you do you feel that same do you feel like people listen to each other in this world that we're living in right um, now I think it's this I think it's it's, it's just intention um mm, yeah why are you listening what are you going to do with the information um, but but I think the top thing why are you listening are you listening because you want to feel good because you listened are you listening because you want to learn something are you listening because you want to provide space are you listening to you know really analyzing yeah. why you are now paying attention to something or someone because a lot yeah. of um, even what we saw last year, a lot of people were paying attention and checking in and posting and doing these different things. And I, I really wanted people to think about why they were doing it. Were you doing it because you were afraid someone was going to call you out? Were you doing it because mm. you really, really, truly wanted to, which was sort of tied together with not even showing anything at all, not even posting, not even really, you know, phrasing that you donated 10K to charity or whatever it was, you know? um yeah thinking about these different things but really a primary one being intention why are you listening why do you want to listen what do you want to gain from it um is it for you or is it for the other person you know if you're providing space are you doing it like I said before because you want to feel good and be able to say that you did that or are you doing it because it's something that really 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 truly matters to you and matters to the greater good Mhm. Absolutely. I love I love the the when when we talked about this 
when we had our phone call, your your thoughts on intention. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you 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 talk about intention like in in the the way you just did, but I feel like you also intention is like a I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like <laughs> from the conversations we had, I feel like intention is such a core part of who oh, you yeah. are. Like you're you think about you make very intentional decisions mm-hmm. with yourself and you're very intuitive and I really admire Thank that you. about you. Honestly, the first thing that just came to me when you said that, um, I think it's because I've been told what to do all my fucking life. As have most people. Mm. So now when I'm the one in control, I want to make sure, especially last year, we got to see that no one has time for acquaintances. No one has time for things that don't make you feel good, that don't uplift you, that don't inspire you. So you're being far more um, direct with what you want to do and how you want to yeah. share your time and energy. So that really helped me out, especially last year, realized that with everything you have to move within um, intention because yeah, there's been so many times where I have gone out to something or hung out with someone or done something and just felt like complete shit. And I don't want to feel that way yes. anymore. So if I can avoid that in any way possible, it is to make sure that I'm working through intention, making sure that I understand that, okay, if I go do this, that I may feel X, Y, and Z, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely become something that's at the forefront of my mind because if I don't want to feel like crap anymore. So like I said, if I can avoid that, I'll try to avoid that by making sure that I'm being very, very, very intentional and direct with the way that I am um, sharing myself, exerting myself, to whom I'm exerting myself, um, what chances, opportunities I'm taking, what things I'm saying, um, what things I'm not saying, and Mm. really being okay with being silent, as you said, shutting up. Um, but also finding the right moments to speak my mind. Yes, yes, yes. Because silence does change. It does too. Like there comes a point where you, you do have to, I think, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think there comes to a point where you do need to take a stance. Yeah. And yeah, we're just, because we're suppressed so much in so many different ways even just when you think about mm. the guidelines on Instagram that some I this morning mm. I tried to repost um, a pregnant woman who was topless on my story and my whole Instagram went black, like just went dark for five minutes. And then it came back and said that Instagram may delete your account because you posted too many da 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 da. And I'm just thinking, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Playboy can stay up. I try to posts a pregnant person and it gets taken down okay also my account threatened because of it yep but yep these supremacists and these other people these trolls can keep these accounts up yep these these accounts that were making it was so horrifying to see people making dolls of black people who had died at the hands of police like voodoo dolls and making plush toys and selling that on instagram being heavily reported, nothing was happening. It's so ugly. <laughs> yes, no, it is. Because that's the thing of what you're saying earlier is that these systems are fake. They don't yeah. even really exist because they're set up for the people who create yeah. them. Like, oh my gosh, the first week of 
releasing one of my first books, I posted a topless photo of myself, of my Mm. back, literally my back. And my Instagram account was taken down for two two weeks. And this was like at the pinnacle of me trying Mm. to sell this thing that I had been working on for like a year Mm. at this point, you know? And my friends were sending me like, screenshots of Dan Bilzerian's Instagram and he has I don't even I don't even need to continue right. I don't need to give him any more space but he's a disgusting human being and that's all yeah. I need to say on that but it just fueled fueled me with so much anger because I was like this app is so deeply fucking yeah. sexist and misogynistic and I just I I, I but we need it you know in the right same, in it's the like you need breath, it for like... work you need it for connecting it's it's a very difficult I just hope that there's a platform that's made in the future that has less restrictions at least in regards to yes. making sure that it's quote-unquote okay for family <laughs> which they should get rid of yeah. um, anyways because why are children on these things anyways I think Instagram has yes uh, the minimum age is 13 but they have no proper verification to make sure that's happening. Because there's been several times where a meme has offended someone and I look in the comments and it's a little nine-year-old. It's, I'm nine. I don't know why I'm seeing this. I'm like, why the hell are you on here? Where's your mama? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. And the, okay. But the thing is, though, is the reason why they won't, they won't like hire their regulations or make them better is because they make money the more people who are using right. the app. So, and when in actuality, you really think about it, they don't care if a six-year-old yeah. is on that app. They don't care if they're poisoning the minds of yeah. our youth with their awful shit that they allow and then not, like, educating with the things that right. they take down because it's really what the things that they are being taken down are the things that actually are revolutionizing exactly. our minds exactly. and our culture. They don't want yeah. people so, <laughs> to to think for themselves. Also, to find new ways no, of they thinking. Because no, I mean, right. yes, the the amount of information that can be accessed from the internet now. I, I was fortunate to have high school teachers, history teachers, who completely abandoned the curriculum and just told us straight up of what was mm-hmm. going on. Those books are a lie. You know, um, they're not going to say yes. anything that would offend whatever group of people. Um, quickly back on yes. the the ads, particularly Instagram and Facebook, being that the people that they need to keep intact our christian family values um so with history unfortunately but also fortunately a lot of people learn real stories from the internet you know there's so many different things that we see on twitter and and on instagram that go viral um, about things that we were taught that were incorrect um or misconstrued Mm. and it's difficult because you get so much information and so much light from the internet, but also so much darkness and so much misinformation. And there are some people that just sit there and believe these things and then tell their kids these things. And it's so difficult because you can't control any of it, but the way that they try to control it really just silences the people who are going to free us all. Um, Yes. And people, some people don't want to be freed, um, which is why they're suppressing voices and then some people also don't yep. even understand that 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 the people who are doing these things are not a threat, you know? There's so many different things that, that they use to suppress and scare you, but then they allow violence and gore on their platforms as well. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of yes. crazy thing. Yes. Um, 
Well, that's the thing, though. That's the, again, the yeah. Christian values, like, sex is bad, liberation right. is bad, but violence is, and war okay. are, you know, yeah. what we need to keep ourselves in line, to keep ourselves mm-hmm. in check. It's, it's, it's so true. It's very horrifying in a sense. I couldn't believe that we were able to see such graphic imagery last year. Um, yes, and I agree. You have people who are just trying to promote their OnlyFans getting taken off the platform. I don't understand yes. that at all. It's, it's very, yes. yeah, I just, it's very, it's, it's speechless. It's like, I have a lot of speech, but I'm also kind of speechless at it because uh, it's hard to envision what the new horizon will be with social media but i do hope that it's one some sort of platform that's created where people can share freely because i miss the days when everyone was just using the valencia filter on instagram and just posting their little (laughs) their little boat days and their tacos and life was good and then all these different things started happening youtube and makeup and fashion and then the world just went you know yeah and then the Kardashians happened, and that just—I think that's honestly what fucked us all, really. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think—I don't think life been right <laughs> since Chris Jenner entered the scene at all, unfortunately. <laughs> so, oh my god, <laughs> I'm gonna get contacted by their by their PR team. <laughs> Watch me have to shoot oh one god. of them for a magazine. And I- like, so we found this podcast. Um, yeah. You talk shit about our our people. I mean, I agree. I think that there's so much to say. There's so much to say. I think the main thing I'm going to say. Sorry, Kardashian. I think the main thing I'm going to say on this <laughs> is the fact that we could have, sorry to say the name, Donald Trump on Instagram using the platform oh, the yeah. way he was for four fucking years. And it took him causing an insurrection for them to finally be like, oh, wow. So he almost bombed a building, <laughs> got a building bombed. And that now is a good time to watch the white supremacy. Right. It's like, what the fuck? And then what, all the, all the, like, at the same time, there are so many revolutionary thinkers, specifically mm-hmm. black women, specifically black women being regulated right. on these platforms. It's like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't confuse us confuse us when we talk about it and think about it because it, it makes sense because they don't want they don't want that on their their platform because it's too right quote unquote dangerous when in actuality it's it, right it's what we it's need sadly it's literally what we need yeah i don't know way that people get real information now um yes which sucks because it's the same thing it's i mean i remember doing protesting where there would be some fake flyers that people made going around saying that um, the Proud Boys or whoever was going to show up at different things and um, fear-mongering Damn. people so that they wouldn't get out on the streets. And it sucked because yes. you, like, if you put yourself out there, it was terrifying because you didn't know what was true or what wasn't true and um, what all the different things you were hearing, whether or not... Um, they were going to play out. It was very scary and it sucks because you don't know what's true and what's false um, on these apps. But that, yeah, the fact that they sure. took so long to remove him was very upsetting. And I remember reading some comments, some people saying that, well, you know, if they do this to him, they can do this to anyone now. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, Let's uh, do it. Like, <laughs> All right. I mean, someone that 
that's able to cause so much violence. I mean, regardless of whatever you think about Trump, it's just someone that was allowed to be that hateful. I mean, but it's 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 so annoying to talk about it with people because you have some people that want to do devil's advocate and go, well, you know, when liberals or whatever yeah, talk but... about the right, you know, it's the same language. You say not to hate people, but then you hate people that are bigots or da da da. Stupid stuff that people say. I mean, I mean, we shouldn't. There shouldn't have been a president. There shouldn't have been anyone that was allowed to be in office that openly called um, Mexican people, you know, rapists. Yes. I didn't yes. know how to trigger that word while yes. I was speaking, but you know, um, I just so and then it's just so many different levels. I, but even in itself, I'll stop talking about him in a second because it's kind of funny. I actually forgot that he existed. <laughs> I literally, genuinely I forgot know, right? that he existed until I heard back on the uh, acquittal. But, um, yes. But the fact that someone who first had never held office before, any form of office in this country, was allowed to run. The fact that someone who yes. had never fought before was allowed to run um, and have control over nuclear codes and have control over um our defense someone that never Mm -hmm. lived and breathed a battleground having control over that and having say over that is terrifying someone who never held office all these different Mm -hmm. things um but i it wasn't until him where i realized wow it genuinely could be anybody over the age of 35 that (laughs) can run for president and and make it I think it's so dangerous to yeah. not have any requirement around having someone hold office. Um, and also possibly, yeah. I mean, I personally think I'm, I'm not someone who's a fan of war at all, but I do think that if you're going to hold a leadership that high where you have control and, and have, and, and literally have the ability to send out troops somewhere, I feel that you have to have served yes. before. Because how else are you going to know how these people oh, are feeling yeah. and what they have to go through and what you're seeing? I feel that it would really inform someone um, to make better decisions, more proper decisions, and not put our country at risk so many different times by tweeting that, oh, I'm going to send a, a bomb or whatever to North Korea. How was that man allowed to tweet that? You know how dangerous that yeah. was? No. Even yes. showing the, the national, yes. like the, the security risk on how easy it was to take a government building by our own civilian people do you know how much of a security like i couldn't that was the number one thing for me i was a mixture i had so many different emotions that day but the fact that it was that easy to take a government building and it was done by our own people was just uh it's laughable now but it it's such a danger for so many different reasons but yeah trump over i agree (laughs) yeah (laughs) We're both like we don't want to talk about him because like we want to move forward, but also there are things that are just so that just so yeah. need to be said about that yeah. time period that means so much moving forward. You know, because like now that we have Biden in office, it doesn't mean that like Absolutely. everything is fine and right. back to normal. You know, like we still have to to be mm-hmm. having these conversations, but to still be having them with his name in our mouth is what I genuinely yeah. resent. You know, because yeah. He is not, he's not the problem. He is a byproduct. Exactly. Yeah, that was something that I'm glad a a lot of people noted. Uh, Some people were saying that 
they couldn't believe our country could ever get to this level. And I'm saying, guys, the country has been like this yeah. for as long as people that were not ever, ever here in the first place came and put their little feet on this land and just fucked it all up. Um, yes. So yes. this has been boiling for years. The people who were ha- were yes. livid at the fact that segregation was no longer a thing, you know, the fact I I think people also should put it to a perspective that a lot of um, people's grandparents were alive during segregation and were alive when mm-hmm. um, these things were happening. That's very, very close to our time. And people yep. think just because gay marriage is legal and because segregation doesn't exist and because um, now you have the ability to file a discrimination lawsuit if you get fired off of the basis of being a woman or whatever it is, just because these things exist does not mean that anything has changed at all. It's basically like how it was last year when yep. everyone decided they wanted to hire black people for photo shoots or to be a director or to do something, but are going to go back to doing the mm. exact same thing um once this rise is over which it kind of slightly is it's like it's still sort of happening um and now i see it also flaring Mm. up with the asian american community as well because of everything that's happening with covid yeah um i'm like i i mean it's good that 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 visibility is happening but i also feel for um people who who are asian right now because they're about to get that same whip of hyper visibility that we got but under the the lens of performance which is very Mm. it's not it's a very it's a very harsh feeling because you sit there and you go okay it's Mm. good people are talking about it but i know they really don't give a fuck about me it's very sad Mm. how do you how do you navigate that what do you what does that feel like for you and what you're talking about specifically with being um in your creative jobs mm-hmm. like and being hired x y and z because this like what does that feel like for you it's i i have talked to a couple people about this and some people say just do the deed get the money mm. quote unquote get the white man's money and go mm. you know use it for your projects use it for your community etc um which i totally see I, I find that a lot of people do sort of move from that place now of okay they may be exploiting me but let me use this money to pay my rent or do my own project or help out people in my community, which is nice because that money should be redistributed in that way. Yes. Um, but I, it's the same thing of mentioning earlier, the intention it's, I, I wish people, I, I honestly had even said that I wish people had not said shit last year if they actually didn't care about black people mm. instead of just posting or doing something or putting a black square up because it creates this false sense of security you know that's why we have um people who are thinking that black people or whoever gets a one leg up because of affirmative action or because um even now there's this thing happening in camera board where it was i think it was utah where some people were trying to fight to opt out of uh black history um and i and i and myself kind of want to get into talking with schools because the only people that should be able to opt out of that are black people, mm. um, mostly because there, there's so many photos and videos and texts that we have to read. You know, how ju- it's it's horrifying to go to school and at 8 a.m. be hit with images of people that were yes. with or talking about. I mean, it's the same thing about how I was saying earlier. It's, it's having people talk about you 
and talk about people who look like you like yes. you were objects it's incredibly yes. dissociating um and it doesn't help anyone it's people the bell rings people leave and then there's people laughing and talking about lunch and talking about what they're going to do after school and you're sitting there being reminded of the fact that you live in sadly not even just a nation a world that was okay and is okay with stuff like that happening to you um and it's a it's a work in progress I mean really the only way to get I, I I honestly feel that that um I don't even know how people are going to recover from last year, at least mm. black people in the sense, because of course it's great to get visibility, but it's the hyper visibility and it's also the fakeness. It was seeing your friends, seeing some people suddenly call you and ask how yeah. you are. Um, people sending you money, which is great, but also it was all this little shit. It was like, okay, so y'all didn't care now you care, but I can't tell why mm. you care. Um, and you also, it's 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 so many different things in once. It's a multi-layered thing that I honestly I haven't processed through because I For there's sure. been so much. That, oh my For gosh, sure. there's been so many so many things that were happening last year um, between that and COVID and the presidency and all these different things. I, there was a nonstop. It felt like our bodies were filled mm-hmm. with tension, mm-hmm. everyone, for um, entire year, even into now, and I still have not release my shoulders yeah. <laughs> um and i i feel that um i have no answer for how to navigate yeah. it really because it's something that is still happening to this day there's still infographics being spread on instagram you know i don't know how to feel about it because the best tip that someone gave me not even a tip but just had said um to me was just like i don't know why you're fighting you're not the one that's supposed Mm -hmm. to be fighting but i think it's hard for me because i care so much about other people and obviously i care so much about being able to live freely that it's hard for me to sit down and be like okay this is something that has to be solved by other people um it does suck because i do feel a sense of responsibility at least even to my followers um to make sure that I'm informing people, but it is true. That's not my job, at least in relation to blackness and black people and even queerness in the sense, it's not really my job to educate people. People should be educating themselves, but I do feel an obligation to make sure that people um, are paying attention, but it sucks. It's a very, it's a, you feel like a doll Mm -hmm. almost. Um, So I think the way I deal with it is bringing myself, grounding myself. So um, I love, love watching videos of James Baldwin Mm. and I love listening to Mm. Nina Simone. And I think I just go into absorbing Mm. art um, from anyone, but particularly um, black people and just sort of bringing that freshness back into me, bringing that strength back into me, because having yourself, um, your life being debated every single day is something that completely will make you, um, it, it, yeah, really, it would make you dissociate yeah. because you don't know what, because when I think of myself, I just, I'm just Ciara, yeah. you know, there's all these different layers, um, that are added upon that but when I'm in my room and I'm about to go to sleep Mm -hmm. I'm just me 
I'm not thinking about the fact that um, I'm femme presenting. I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm black. I'm not, you know, I'm just existing. I don't become aware of these identities until I'm being forced to do so, which is entering the world, whether it be through my phone or through the Mm -hmm. actual world, Um, which was nice because last year, a lot of people didn't have to perform, which is why there was so much self-discovery that was Mm -hmm. happening. But um, it's just reminding myself of, okay, I am me. I'm not all these stereotypes. I'm not all these things that people want me to be or think that mm-hmm. I am. I am me. And that uniqueness is what um, pushes me through because I want to keep keep myself together. And the way to do that is to remember who I am, um, which is a combination of millions of things that I've come across that um, bring me joy and make me feel proud. Absolutely. I want to thank you so much for sharing your response to that question, even though you said that it was like an incomplete, quote unquote, feeling, you know, you're saying like navigating it is you don't know. But I'm I'm really grateful that you you held space for the question, too, because it's all we can do, right, is to just like Mm -hmm. you say, be a work in progress and and try because there isn't an answer for everything. So I'm glad I kind of let myself acknowledge that I don't Mm -hmm. know because how are we supposed to know how are we you know when you're born even just before all of you think of um colonialism it's just like people were just Mm -hmm. living so it's it's difficult to understand the answer to um to the question of of how to navigate being in that state of being hyper visible um and having people discriminate against you and say these things about you it's just like that's why I have such an issue with labels and titles because I just want to be me and it sucks that we all live in a world that won't let you just exist as you are, but has to tell you that you're a woman and because you're a woman, you have to do this and you have to sit this way and you have to do this and you have to shave and you have to, you know, all these different things. And it's like, Whoa, I was just Mm -hmm. born. You were just Mm -hmm. born. Sorry that you feel that you have to sort of lean on something lean on some system lean on some conditioning to feel whole I don't feel Mm -hmm. that way which is nice um unfortunately not everyone you know sometimes it's a conscious choice sometimes it's a a subconscious choice and feeling free from all of that because obviously when you stay in the norm when you stay in those boxes you are accepted And we see what happens when you aren't what people expect you or want you to be. So it's very scary. I understand why people would rather just stay in their tiny, you know, narrow, accepted um, societal Mm -hmm. self. But the one way that you're going to break out of that is by freeing yourself and releasing all of that, which is something that is definitely my primary thing that I want for mm-hmm. myself and uh, that I want for others because it sucks to to be conditioned into believing that you cannot be who you were born mm-hmm. to be because um because of yeah. all of it capitalism because of it all power all, yeah. all of it you um know? well I hate I hate to cut you off because you just you're speaking truths right now that we we all need to remind ourselves when we wake up but we're actually about to run out of time on this app that we have (laughs) recording us 
so <laughs> they're like we didn't make we didn't make a version for you too <laughs> yeah but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your beautiful thoughts I'm, I'm so grateful to have connected with you last year and to just be on this planet with you and I'm really excited for the day that we get to hang out <laughs> I know me too I think it's gonna be so great I would definitely love if we could prioritize being near water and the sun be lovely I'm gonna say with a nice exhale I hope you have a lovely rest of your evening and thank you thank you so much for being here thank you and I'll I'll talk to you soon okay (laughs) all right right. love